Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Good Friday morning, an unprecedented move against a former president. Donald Trump indicted in that classified documents case. It is June the 9th. This is today. Breaking overnight, Donald Trump becomes the first former president ever to face federal criminal charges, accused of mishandling those secret files discovered at his Florida home after leaving the White House. It's election interference at the highest level. I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. This morning, we will talk to one of Trump's attorneys and break down what it all means, what happens next, and the impact on the presidential race. Cloud of concern, more than 100 million Americans back on alert this morning. Another day of hazardous air on tap and now pushing farther south. It smells like campfire everywhere I go. So when will things clear up? Al's got your full forecast, including some good news for your weekend. In court, the prime suspect in the disappearance of Natalie Holloway two decades ago, set to face a judge in Alabama today, accused of extorting her family. We are live at the courthouse and we'll go one-on-one -on -one with the Holloway family's longtime attorney exclusively. All that plus Fearless, the 13-year-old who was attacked by a shark just a few short weeks ago, already back in the water and swimming with them. When I received the invitation to go shark tagging, I was super excited. Our first-hand look at her latest unforgettable encounter. Today, Friday, June 9th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi there. Good morning. Good to see you. It is a Friday morning. So glad that you're here, Savannah, on our way home from Paris. All right. But we are going to start with that breaking news overnight. Former President Trump indicted by a federal grand jury in Florida. It all stems from the investigation into his handling of more than 100 classified documents discovered last year at his Mar-a-Lago residence. All right. Here's what we know this morning. Sources are telling NBC News that Trump has been indicted on seven charges, including violation of the espionage act conspiracy to obstruct and making false statements. His attorney now says that Trump will surrender at a federal courthouse in Miami on Tuesday. And as we said, this marks the first time that a former president will face federal charges. We have everything you need to know about this case and what's next. Plus, in a moment, we will talk one on one with the former president's attorney. But we're going to start with NBC's Garrett. Hey, Garrett, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. The former president broke the news himself on social media from his golf club here in New Jersey, then adding in an interview overnight that, quote, of course, he plans to plead not guilty to the federal charges. This morning, an historic first, a former president charged with federal crimes. Donald Trump indicted over seven federal charges in connection with his alleged mishandling of classified documents. The former president posting on social media that his lawyers had been told he'd been indicted in what he called the boxes hoax, 
Mr. Trump adding later he'd been ordered to appear at the federal courthouse in Miami next Tuesday and releasing a video message to supporters. I just want to tell you, I'm an innocent man. I did nothing wrong. And we'll fight this out just like we've been fighting for seven years. Overnight, one of the former president's lawyers telling CNN how he reacted to the news. He said, this is just a sad day. I can't believe I've been indicted. The charges against Mr. Trump remain under seal this morning, but include making false statements, conspiracy to obstruct, and a violation of the Espionage Act related to the former president's handling of sensitive national defense information, sources tell NBC News. Special counsel Jack Smith has been investigating Mr. Trump's handling of classified documents found during an FBI search of his Mar-a-Lago home last August, after the former president and his team repeatedly refused to turn them over for months. The former president has long argued he was not only unfairly targeted by investigators. I had every right to under the Presidential Records Act. I was there and I took what I took and it gets declassified. But, but even once suggesting. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it. But NBC News has learned the grand jury has heard an audio recording of Mr. Trump discussing keeping a classified document after leaving office and acknowledging that he knew it was classified at the time. Mr. Trump is facing legal battles on multiple fronts and was already the first former president to face criminal charges in New York City, where he was accused of falsifying business records to which he pled not guilty. But the federal indictment is more serious and coming in an election season. Mr. Trump's main rival for the Republican nomination so far siding with him. Governor Ron DeSantis tweeting, The weaponization of federal law enforcement represents a mortal threat to a free society. While former Governor Chris Christie wrote, No one is above the law. Mr. Trump and other Republicans have suggested there's a double standard at play here, pointing out that President Biden also retained some classified documents while out of office. Uh, that is, of course, the subject of another special counsel investigation. And Craig, sources tell us that investigation is very much still ongoing. Garrett, thank you. Attorney James Trusty, one of the members of former President Trump's legal team with us now. Mr. Trusty, good morning to you. Morning. Uh, Mr. Trustee, just first of all, what was what was the president's response uh, to the charges? And when did you first learn that this grand jury in, in Florida um, had, had was being used? Yeah, uh, well, on that last part, fairly recently, and it's a really intriguing kind of shift of events. I mean, there's been endless grand jury dragging people up from Florida to Washington, D.C. for many months. You know, everyone from the vice president of the United States to groundskeepers to maids to Secret Service agents to lawyers that supposedly hold privileges. So there's been a real uh, bum rush in D.C. in terms of using an awful lot of grand jury and getting a lot of rulings that are historic and perhaps very bad for the country. Recently, we started to hear about witnesses going down or staying down in Florida to appear in front of the grand jury. And it could be a reflection of an acknowledgement by DOJ. They had some venue problems that they really never should have venued it in D.C., but they were very happy to get the kind of rulings and home cooking they got. Or it could be something where uh, they want to sanitize, I guess kind of related to that, sanitize all of the proceedings from D.C. and kind of repackage, remarket it for consumption down in South Florida. So we'll see. Um, as to the president, look, he's a resilient guy. You know, this just in, uh, you know, he's, he's a pretty, uh, pretty tough guy. 
It's a difficult conversation when you're talking to a client who's actually factually innocent of these charges. I mean, and it's a long story we can get into there about the Presidential Records Act. But yeah, so that part, you know, he was upset for the country. Uh, but in terms of him, he's a fighter yeah. and he's going to come out swinging and he'll be fine. But I mean, that that was really, to me, kind of the interesting inside part of that is to see him almost immediately start talking about what it means for this country and our criminal justice system and not just about himself. Is he going to appear on Tuesday? And And, and Jim, do you think he'll also face charges in D.C. as well? Uh, he will appear in court on Tuesday, uh, no doubt. You know, he's, he's not afraid of this thing. It's a ridiculous criminalization of a non-criminal dispute. So he'll be there, um, you know, and he'll uh, and so will Secret Service and we'll coordinate with U.S. Marshals and make sure that it is uh, as efficient and safe as we can make the whole situation. As to any other charges, I don't think so. I mean, look, we think this whole investigation is an overreach. Again, something that was never criminal for any other president in history has suddenly been weaponized by this Department of Justice. Uh, it would be, uh, you know, another bridge too far for them to try to break up charges for some reason to kind of hedge their bets and charge him in Washington, D.C. as well. So we think that this is it. We'll see the indictment sometime between now and Tuesday afternoon. And we think that's the only indictment that we're facing. I, I, you're, you're his lawyer, so obviously you're going to maintain his innocence. But, Jim, I think a lot of folks have a hard time understanding how the president can maintain he did nothing wrong when the, the fact of the matter is um, that the president had, had documents at his home that were classified. Uh, as we understand it, there was a subpoena issued to turn over those documents. In August of last year, um, the, the lawyer maintains that all the documents were overturned. The FBI then shows up at Mar-a-Lago and finds roughly 100 classified documents. Uh, how, is, how can the president maintain he did nothing wrong? Yeah, well, the starting point is up until the Presidential Records Act, any former president could possess anything they want. I mean, that was just kind of the nature of the business. We've entrusted them under the Constitution with the nation's secrets. So if they want to keep stuff, they can keep it. The PRA, the Presidential Records Act, kicked in because of Richard Nixon. And what it anticipates is nothing criminal. There's no criminal statute within the Presidential Records Act that says it's a violation to possess any of these things, even the most sensitive documents. What they say is the world is presidential or personal, and the president, of all people, the former president, makes the call. If the archivist disagrees, it doesn't turn into a criminal case, they can sue civilly in Washington, D.C. So the whole system anticipates that we've entrusted our former presidents with the nation's secrets, documentary or otherwise. Yeah. And if there is any sort of fight, it gets resolved civilly, not with rage, G not with uh, a leak campaign, Jim, not with what we've seen in this case. Jim, I, I know you spent a number of years at the Justice Department. You know the special counsel, uh, Jack Smith, uh, pretty well. Even if your client did nothing wrong, why not tell your client to, to at least knock off the personal attacks on the special counsel? Look, you know, this guy has lived through seven years of misplaced aggression, of ridiculous impeachments, of accusations of, you know, Michael Cohen, Stormy Daniels lawsuits or criminal cases being revived by politicized prosecutors. You know, you can't when you when you look at what we've seen in terms of the conduct of this investigation. He has every right to be offended, as should all of us. I mean, it's just broken in the last couple of days. We've known about it for a while, that one of the deputies for Jack Smith extorted an attorney to, to, to try clear, to get him to Jim, flip his, Jim, his, his witness. Jim, to be clear, I, and I've heard you make this claim before, we don't have any independent evidence, and so far you haven't produced any independent evidence to back that up. But to your point there, 
twice impeached, now twice indicted. The president plans to campaign this weekend to those who would say that we like we like the former president. We like some of his policies. But now the guy has too much baggage. What would you say to those Republican primary voters? Look, I'm not in the political lane. I'm in the legal lane. But to go back to to your kind of dismissal of what I just said, there is a statement by an officer of the court, a, a very well-respected attorney, submitted to a federal judge detailing exactly what I just said, the extortion, the violation of the obstruction statute by those who are trying to pin an obstruction charge on President Trump. That is a momentous moment and nothing I've ever seen in the Department of Justice in my history. And it you, will play out. This is not okay. just lawyer talk. This is the real thing. You're talking about a sealed letter uh, to, to, to a judge there. Uh, Jim Trustee. Jim, thank you. Thanks for your time, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. Let us bring in NBC senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett and our chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker. Um, Laura, if you're listening to Trump's attorney, it mm. seemed like they were sort of surprised by the fact this, that this indictment came down. What do you make of that? It's interesting. They almost were in the position as all of us this time mm. last week, not even knowing about the mm. Florida grand jury and seemed to only fairly recently, he said, been informed by it, even though Jack Smith apparently had been quietly working away on this for the better part of a month. And witnesses were going in there unbeknownst to us. But, it, you know, he's making this point mm. about retaining classified documents yeah. as if everybody does it. Everybody does not keep the documents after they've been asked to return them repeatedly. That's what makes this willful under the statute. And that's why this has escalated into a criminal case. It's very different than finding some documents by accident and then immediately turning them over. That is not this case. So ju just to be clear, so for a year, Trump has had these documents. He was asked repeatedly to return them. So in these charges, which we don't know what they are because yeah. they're sealed, it has something to do with the retention of them, right? It has to do with the retention of them having no authority to keep them. He's no longer president and he's keeping them in an unclassified setting. All right. So, Kristen, let me talk to you for a second. So you wonder, is this going to help Trump or hurt Trump? Well, moments after the indictment came down, he was fundraising on it. So it seems like uh, former President Trump thinks this is going to be something that's going to help him out. You're right, Hoda. In the short term, there's no doubt this is emboldening him yet again. We saw this in the wake of the New York indictment as well. You have a number of his Republican rivals rushing to criticize the process, accusing DOJ of being weaponized by the Biden administration. But I do think there are a couple of differences here. One, you do have some challengers who are criticizing him. Asa mm -hmm. Hutchinson saying that he has too much legal baggage. And you also have the potential fatigue factor. Here again, he's asking people to give him money. Will you start to see some of his challengers make the case that his campaign is about defending him instead of the American people? I'm told, based on my conversations with sources, that you might start to see some Republican candidates make that case. Okay. And Laura, if by chance he is convicted on this, people wonder, like, what's the end game? So what could happen? Yeah, I mean, we have to see exactly what he's being charged with. But an obstruction of justice related charge, we're talking about 20 years in prison. This is not some low level felony. This is very serious. And just uh, let's pr let's play this out for one second. So if that happens, can a man still run for president if, in fact, that's the case? I, there's no there's never been a situation yeah. like this. This is extraordinary. This has never happened before. There is nothing that stops him from running 
running for president mm-hmm. while he is under federal indictment mm-hmm. for classified information. And top advisors to former President Trump say that he will only dig in with each mm-hmm. indictment. But the question is, if there is a pileup, if there are more indictments, does that start to chip away at his support around the edges? We'll have to see. All right, Kristen, Laura, thank you guys so much. Another story that has a lot of folks talking here on a Friday morning, those uh, wildfires in Canada that's generating so much smoke, blanketing U.S. cities in an, an unhealthy haze. It's forced schools and businesses to shut down, impacting thousands of flights nationwide. But this morning, there are some signs, at least in some areas, that things are beginning to ease. Al's tracking the smoke and the impact on our weekend. But first, NBC's Emily Aketa joins us from Philadelphia. Emily, how's it looking this morning there? Hey, Craig. Well, the good news is the days of that apocalyptic orange appear to be behind us. But as you can see, we're not completely out of the haze yet. Schools here in Philadelphia and New York move to online as that toxic air presses on. This morning, millions of Americans set to suffer through a fourth day of a persistent haze. It's like there's a fire, like a consistent fire. The monstrous smoke cloud produced by raging Canadian wildfires continues to darken skies as it creeps further down the East Coast. It's scary. It really is. The smoke now engulfing the Great Lakes region and mid-Atlantic. Philadelphia nearly maxing out the air quality index with a hazardous 444 rating on Thursday, achieving the world's worst air quality. And in our nation's capital, the city skyline shrouded in smoke forcing the postponement of a Nationals game and an event at the White House, D.C. facing its first Code Purple air quality advisory. When they told me it was Code Purple, I thought it was getting better. So we're not even used to um, this language to deal with this type of air quality. The lack of visibility seen from the sky, too, prompting ground stops and delays at several major airports. More than 6,000 flights disrupted nationwide on Thursday. I'm wearing a mask to protect uh, myself because I have asthma and it can impact my health. The New York tri-state area is starting to see some relief from these apocalyptic landscapes. It kind of felt like I smoked some cigarettes or something. But air quality alerts remain in effect in the region and cityscapes are still hard to see behind the thick smoke. I don't want people to let down their guard and to become complacent about this because we have to be prepared for the winds to shift. This is the unknown. With drier and hotter conditions dramatically increasing the risk of wildfires, some health experts fear this unprecedented week could just be a preview of what's ahead this summer and beyond. So the question is, will this come back to us? And uh, the answer is quite possibly. The majority is probably due to climate change. And guys, don't forget about that Air Now app. It actually is one of the most downloaded apps this week ahead of TikTok and Instagram. And officials are encouraging people in affected areas to continue checking it as we see these pollution levels fluctuate in the next couple days. Craig? Yeah, good tip there. Emily Cataforce there in Philly. Emily, thank you. 718, let's bring in our point man on this all week long. You were right now. It's lighter today and hopefully lighter tomorrow. Uh, that's the, that is the hope. And why, why have we had so much smoke? Because we've had wildfires in Canada before. However, we've had this 
omega blocking pattern, a massive ridge in the midsection of the country, low pressure on both sides of the country, both coasts, and that has trapped us. That has brought that smoke wrapping around that low, funneling it into the Midwest and the Northeast. It's been smoky for days as this low has not moved. The good news is this pattern is starting to break down. So for today, the main smoke plume is going to be from the Great Lakes, Detroit, Buffalo, into western Pennsylvania, into Ohio, and then into the Delmarva Peninsula, Washington, D.C., Raleigh going to be seeing some of this. This weekend, the low finally moves away, and that brings the jet stream and the winds up from the south, and so that starts to clear things out, those southwest winds helping to clear that smoke out. And in fact, today, look at the number. It's down a bit, 82 million people for unhealthy air in the wildfire smoke. As Emily mentioned, uh, we have been talking about this Air Now app, and we've been using this. Look at New York, down to 59 for the air quality. That's moderate. Still unhealthy in Philadelphia, but moderate in Washington, D.C. And so we are looking at much better weather. Smoky, but it will start to clear later on this weekend. Coming up in the next half hour, why were the skies orange? We'll explain that oh, coming up a little bit later. Good. And also, you said that this is fire season in Canada, so we it's, haven't seen it, the last It's actually this. early. The fire, se- oh. the fire season in Canada usually starts July. Mm. Okay. So we are ahead of the curve. And again, this is climate change related. So, uh, And we could see the smoke again this summer. So oh, we're wow. going to be watching this. Very okay. Cool. So. All right. Thank you, Al. Just ahead, the suspect at the center of Natalie Holloway's disappearance nearly 20 years ago. Finally, in the United States, to face charges connected to that case, we'll have the latest in an exclusive live interview with the Holloway family's longtime attorney. Also ahead this morning, the young survivor of a shark attack in Florida just weeks ago doing something amazing. Not only is Ella Reed back in the water, she's coming face to face with sharks again, this time on purpose. And we got to tag along for her adventure. But first, this is today on NBC. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed 
All right. We do have a lot of news to get to in a moment. Nearly 20 years in the making for the family of Natalie Holloway. After being transferred to Alabama today, the prime suspect in her disappearance will face a U.S. judge for the first time accused of trying to extort the Holloway family. We're going to spend a few moments with their longtime attorney in just a moment. But first, NBC Sam Brock joins us from that courthouse in Birmingham where you're on Von der Sloot's going to be today. Sam, good morning to you. Craig, good morning. The arraignment that once seemed so elusive is about to become a reality. Joran Vandersloot is accused of asking the Holloway family for a quarter of a million dollars to provide information on their daughter's whereabouts, only to come back with nothing, charges that his attorney in Peru has denied. In a surreal moment, nearly 20 years in the making, Joran Vandersloot on U.S. soil for the first time in handcuffs. Guided by a team of federal agents on the tarmac at an Alabama airport, then whisked away by motorcade to a jail just 20 minutes outside Birmingham, where he'll soon face justice in an American courtroom. Vandersloot has never been charged with Natalie Holloway's murder, although he was among the last people to see her alive. That's in Aruba back in 2005 while she was on a high school graduation trip. Instead, he'll face federal charges of extortion and wire fraud. That's tied to an FBI sting operation in 2010, where Vandersloot is accused of accepting $25,000, promising to tell Holloway's family how she died and where to find her remains. John Q. Kelly, the Holloway's longtime attorney, met with Vandersloot in Aruba. He took me to the location where he said Natalie was, was, was buried. About a week later, he indicated that it was all a hoax, which was sort of his MO along with everybody, get the money and then say it's a hoax and, you know, avoid criminal prosecution. The person whose office issued the indictment against Vandersloot, former U.S. attorney in the Northern District of Alabama and current NBC News legal analyst Joyce Vance. This was an opportunity to hold him accountable without being able to pursue something more serious. That's right. Originally, this looked, you know, like something that you would characterize as being awful but lawful. And then as the team digged, uh, began to dig deeper, they realized, no, there's a prosecutable federal crime here. Just last month, the Peruvian government, where Vandersloot had been serving time for the murder of another woman, granted a temporary surrender order, setting into motion this wild scene at the airport in Lima where his cuffs were removed and he was handed over to U.S. authorities. Now all eyes turn to the courtroom, where the Holloway family hopes the truth will come out. Natalie's mother, Beth Holloway, releasing a new statement. As a mother who has tirelessly pursued justice for the abduction and murder of my precious daughter, I stand before you today with a heart both heavy with sorrow and yet lifted by a glimmer of hope. Beth Holloway is expected to be in court for the arraignment later today, and Joran Vandersloot also expected to plead not guilty to two charges that would carry up to 20 years in prison if convicted. Craig? Sam Brockforce there at the courthouse in Birmingham. Sam, thank you. We're joined now by John Q. Kelly, who is the Holloway family's longtime attorney. John, good to have you back. Thanks for being here. Yes, Craig. I know that you spent some time last night talking to Natalie's mom, Beth. How, how was she? What did she say about all this? Uh, she's basically overwhelmed by the whole situation. She had the whole spectrum of emotions. You know, on the one hand, she was ecstatic that Venus uh, Luth was on U.S. soil. U.S. authorities, U.S. justice system, but it's still like pulling a scab off an old wound. There's always that pain there, and he's a painful reminder of what she's been through. You you were in the room with Vandersloot twice, as I understand it, yep. um, during that alleged uh, extortion plot. What, what was that like? What was he like? Uh, big guy, kind of an ominous presence. 
uh, all business about money. That's all he cares about. That's all he wants to talk about. And uh, just cold and heartless and has absolutely no sympathy, no empathy, no feelings whatsoever for Beth or family or what they've been through. He just wanted the money. He just wants money. Help me, help me understand this, because according to some of the evidence that's, that's been presented um, so far, Aruban authorities and U.S. authorities were actually watching the second exchange, but he was able to leave with the $25,000. Why didn't they just snatch him up then? Good question, Craig. Uh, they had everything they needed after I was done for the day. Everything was videotaped. Everything was audiotaped. It was all memorialized. And uh, I think the Aruban law enforcement, being the local authorities, were to sit on Iran until he was picked up after an indictment had been unsealed. And he managed to uh, slip away. I'm sure, almost sure someone tipped him off as to what had happened and told him to get away as quickly as he could. And he did. You expect to testify in the case? I sure do. And you've already started preparing, I, I gather, with the attorneys? Uh, not yet, but I got to sort of get the rust off from 13 years ago. <laughs> John, really quickly before I let you go, yeah. is there a universe in which we ever find Natalie Holloway's remains, her body? The, that universe is between uh, Vandersloot's ears. He's the one that's going to have to decide at some point whether he wants to cooperate or not take a breath of fresh air outside of prison down the road. Thank you, John. John Thanks, Craig. Good to have you back. Thanks. Good to be here. Hold it. Craig, uh, thank you. Coming up next, Gotti Schwartz takes us on a shark tagging expedition with someone you may not expect to be chasing these ocean predators. Hey, Gotti. Hey, good morning. Yeah, this is such an incredible story. You know how they say face your fear? Well, for one middle schooler who was attacked by a shark, facing her fear meant climbing into a boat, tracking down more sharks, and getting up close and personal. The unbelievable story of Ella Reed coming up next. All right, Gotti, we'll get to that. But first, these messages. Hey, it's Mel Robbins. Let's cut to the chase. There is a change you want to make right now, but you're waiting to feel motivated. You don't need motivation. You've got me. You can change your life anytime you want. And when you're ready, the Mel Robbins podcast is here to help you with inspiration and simple science-backed tools to help you create a better life. Listen to me and you'll feel motivated, all right. Listen and follow the Mel Robbins podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. We are back coming up on 742 now with In-Depth Today. Summer is here. Everyone thinking about trips to the beach. And that includes one brave teen who had every right to avoid the water for the rest of her life. Mm. 13-year-old shark attack survivor Ella Reed. NBC's Gotti Schwartz has an inspiring update to her story. Good morning. 
Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, it was just last month Ella Reed was wading in the water near her Florida home when she was attacked by a four-foot bull shark. Now, just weeks later, she is not only back in the water, but coming face-to-face with the same kind of predators. Dangling over the side of a boat, clipping a tracking device onto an eight-foot tiger shark? It's really cool. Hardly the place you'd expect to find Ella Reed. But for this rising eighth grader, there's no place she'd rather be. I'm super excited in the water. Wild, because just about a month ago, Ella was having a very different shark experience. It went under her and straight to me. Ella and her friend were sitting in waist-deep water at Fort Pierce Inlet State Park near her home when she found herself in the jaws of a four-foot bull shark. Right as it bit me in the stomach, I shoved my arm like where it was biting me so it didn't get my stomach and it got my arm instead. She kept on fighting back. I hit it with my other hand, like hit its nose or its face or something. Ella escaped, but was bitten on her stomach, arm, and leg, needing 19 stitches. I was pretty freaked out in the beginning. Ella, however, undaunted. And just 11 days after the attack... I got back into the water like the day before I got the stitches out. It's that spirit that led Nova Southeastern University to invite Ella on their shark tagging trip. We thought that maybe that first interaction wasn't quite the best. We would like her second interaction with the shark to be a much more positive one. When I received the invitation to go shark tagging, I was super excited. And why not? Ella's dream is to become a marine biologist. I'm hoping to learn their behavior and more about them. And that brings us to this moment. The tiger shark kind of felt like, like leather and sandpaper. It was really weird. And the nurse shark kind of felt like sandpaper too. Ella, less than a month after fighting off a shark attack, was in the water petting another one that was even bigger. Now she's able to see what marine biology, how you can put that to work, and how you really can make a difference. And I just hope it, it helps guide her in the area that she wants to go. As for Ella... Tagging the sharks was, like, super fun. It was a lot better than the last time I had an experience with another shark. Definitely a lot better. And to put a bow on this entire thing, even though Ella is just going into eighth grade, Nova Southeastern University has offered her a scholarship to come study marine biology when she's old enough to go to college. Oh. How about that? Oh, my Pretty goodness. cool. I know. Ella's better than me. Yes, she is. Better than all of us. <laughs> better than me. All right. Thank you, Gotti. Thank you. 744, Mr. Roker, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. And I, but I know a lot of folks, I mean, we saw these stunning pictures of the orange... Uh, landscapes all throughout uh, the Northeast, especially in New York. But but why was this smoke turning the skylines orange? Well, we got a little little science lesson for you. Air molecule basically it, it when it reflects sunlight. Now in sunlight there are all colors of the rainbow. However, it scatters those shorter wavelengths such as blue. So that's why the sky is blue. Well, when you have a smoke particle, it's much bigger. And so what it happens those particles much larger, and so they scatter the longer wavelengths like red and orange. So that's why the sky turned orange. Like, for example, with a rainbow, yeah. you'll have the water molecules, which are somewhere in between the air and a smoke pond. Yeah. That distributes all the colors. Ah. So that's why we see rainbow when we have after a rainstorm. So just Earth a little, science, little that something. That was awesome. There. Okay, Thank thanks, you, guys. Al. Well, Thank and you. also thanks to our, our crack NBC climate unit. Thank you so much. So for this afternoon, this evening, we've got a marginal 
additional risk of severe weather, Dodge City to Sonora, also into the panhandle of Florida, low tornado risk. Tomorrow, though, much worse. 17 million people, damaging hail, winds. We could have wind gusts of up to 60 miles per hour. Tornadoes possible, especially if Dallas, Shreveport, on into Lufkin. Rainfall amounts generally anywhere from one to three inches, but locally in the mid-Mississippi River Valley, we could be looking at five inches or more. So we'll be tracking that as well. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank well. you. By the way, nice suit. Oh, thank you. Fanta. Fanta. What are you doing? All right. We have a touching new video that you just have to see. Young men about to live out their dreams. Welcome to the NFL by their childhood heroes. Oh, that's cool. Carson's going to have that for us. All right, just ahead, would you wear your wedding dress again, like, say, out to dinner? This family did exactly that. Look at this. And they are back in these gowns this morning. We're going to talk about it when we come right back. Fantastic. Hey, it's Mel Robbins. Let's cut to the chase. There is a change you want to make right now, but you're waiting to feel motivated. You don't need motivation. You've got me. You can change your life anytime you want. And when you're ready, the Mel Robbins podcast is here to help you with inspiration and simple science-backed tools to help you create a better life. Listen to me and you'll feel motivated, all right. Listen and follow the Mel Robbins podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.